It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with effective characters, you guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. James here. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience about living sober in this episode one two oh eight. Oh, geez. The Defective Characters Podcast. Let's go. Woohoo. Wow. I will say, James, props to you. We've done all these episodes and have never done Living Sober. I went back and I'm like, I pulled the dentist. I said, I think we've done that before. <laughs> and then I went, I went and I'm like, nope, never did it. So congratulations. Oh, that's wonderful. I wasn't sure. Yeah, it's tough because we have repeated some topics, but we try to keep the, keep this fresh. And I'm sure by, by the time 2000 topics comes around, there's really not going to be anything unless there's like a new movie. And around Christmas time, we decide to uh, do that as a Christmas topic like we do around the holidays. Um but it's tough, right, Dennis? No, it's easy. Yeah. Easy money. Um, James, as you, as you connect in, uh, why don't we start with you since you came up with the topic today. How has the last week been? Uh, last week's been good. I was, it came down with a cold and you know that first feel like I woke up on, man, I think it was Tuesday morning and my throat felt itchy and i was like oh no like a sore throat but then i felt it in my chest and oh no and your mind is like okay i can i can defeat this with my mind and i'm just like and then i (laughs) then i go to work and i'm like working like oh and then the next day i just felt even worse so i had to cover my shift over at uh disney for two nights and just rest played a few video games I pulled a dentist is what I did. I pulled a dentist. Nice. Did you play Minecraft? No, just video games and lots of TV. <laughs> and uh, But I'm feeling better now. And, um, man, it's not fun. I guess I'm, I, I take it for granted that I'm always feeling healthy and energized. And, you know, when you do get sick, you're like, oh, this sucks. Back when we used to drink and use, did you guys ever call out sick to work and then just so that way you could uh, tear it up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just double checking. That's actually, you never did that, Dennis? You're not alcoholic unless you Yeah, know. I said, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really the telltale sign. That should have been, you know, the doctor's opinion should have been like, have you ever done this? And if you have, you're an alcoholic, but. They, uh, that's not actually in the doctor's opinion, though it should be, right? Yeah, it should. And then I've been uh, just moving a lot of furniture around. That's been fun. We got uh, my mother-in-law got rid of her 
old couches in the living room. So I brought them out to the garage where the little beasts are. So now we have like a whole living room out in the garage to <laughs> relax with the little beasts. It's kind of cool. And then I'm going to see the kids this weekend. I got a hotel for Friday, Saturday night. And I'm, I'm going to the Jupiter. So I'll be staying in the Jupiter. Like the town of Jupiter? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, not the planet, Dennis. Well, yeah. I didn't know if there was like, uh, <laughs> like an event or something. I don't know or whatever. We know what you meant. Not the planet. Not the. <laughs> um, well, that's good, James. Make sure yeah. you. And you know what? If there's a time to be sick, it sounds like that was probably a better time than if you got sick and you headed into the weekend to had to cancel your trip. Yeah, that you would know. suck. You also went to Halloween Horror Nights. Yep, I went there sick. Oh, nice. Nice mm-hmm. job. You got everybody sick. They yep. thought that they thought they were going to be scared of what was in the houses. It was really what they left there with. In the houses. Right. Oh, um and what was I going to say? I forgot. Noise. Dennis, how was everything? Everything's good. I was uh, did a lot of socializing this weekend. Gross. For this week. I know, it's horrible. But I was hanging out with Ray and Carmelo this morning. On Friday, I had breakfast with uh, Steve and Ray and Carmelo and Mike and Tanya. Mike, my sponsor, Mike. Um, that was nice. Um Hung out with our friend from Pennsylvania. I got ice cream with him. Um, Yeah, other than that, not much. I finally saw the second Lego movie. I forgot that I had never seen it. So that was cool. Um, Yeah, I don't know. How was your week, Mike? Uh, went good. I'm excited that I finally feel better. I felt last week like I had uh, no voice when we were recording and I didn't feel back to being close to 100% till yesterday. So it was definitely, I do believe that when I took a COVID flu and strep test that they were just not accurate. Because the the walk-in, like, urgent care was like, yep, no, you just got some sort of, like, a cold, but it's not any of those. Don't be alarmed. And I'm like, it's definitely something severely going on. Like, it has to be something else. Because I had it for, like, a week, and it was just terrible. And in, like, my line of work, when your voice is off, it, it just screws everything up. Because there's usually you have to... I have to do voice work that is for now, like live voice work, but also record stuff that sometimes will play for months. So everything that I did last week, I had to then redo today and tomorrow again. So it was just like uh, the worst, you know, because it, it's not like I'm taking any sick time because there's still stuff that has to be done. I'm just not interacting with as many like other people, but I have to then do the work twice. So, um, yeah, 
not not the best. But hey, I'm glad that I'm employed, right? Um, and that that I can do that. Yes, Get sir. For a uh, there's an event tonight as we're recording um, that I'll be doing. I invited the guys, but they didn't want to go. So it's it's okay. It's okay, guys. My feelings aren't hurt. Um, I mean, I would go, but you invited me, so it's like I got nah. Oh, I get it. I get it. Well, good, good. Now my feelings are really hurt. Um, so that that was that was good. I'm uh, I'm excited that this weekend, I think I have some plans to have a early birthday party since we have uh, Becky's boys and Olivia, so. Um, yeah, excited, excited for that. And when uh, you picked up your nine year chip, yep, I have my nine year chip. So, woohoo, hooray! What day was that? So, that was uh, Friday, Friday. Yeah, so congrats, so, bud. Hey, thank you. It's it is funny as time goes by, not that it's um, it's more like you appreciate the miracles of like being able to be there for people i've talked about this before but it's just like the first couple of years it's like oh my god i can't believe i'm still sober can't believe i'm not drinking and then and i'm sure there's going to be a little touch on this on today's topic that it really is shifted from staying away from a drink or a drug to more about like service and how you can help out more people you know and to repay what the rooms gave you you know, if you stick around and actually continue having a connection and going to meetings, you know, in that aspect, there's people that stay sober the rest of their days and stop going to meetings. Realistically, there are people that do that. But the program part of it that actually is about, you know, if the hand of AA reaches out for help, you want them to be there for you early on. So why would you be there for them when you have the time? Um, so that, I think that's what I realized, uh, especially this year, which was really cool. So uh, speaking about the topic, James came up with this week's. Uh, what made you think of it? Well, I remember in early sobriety before I got sober. So, like, before I moved up here with my six years, uh, I remember reading a book called Living Sober. And um, come to find out, it is actually uh, conference approved. And it doesn't necessarily, it didn't, it doesn't teach you how to get sober. That's what the big book is for. It just tells you, like, little tips and tricks um, throughout life um, while you're sober, you know, what to stay away from, what to do, like going to sporting events and weddings, which we've talked about a lot. And, uh, I thought it was, um, it's good because, you know, when people don't have a spiritual connection to God, which is a lot of people in early sobriety, um, you know, hopefully one day they'll get it and they don't have to wait 20, 30 years. Um, they have to, live sober by doing certain things. So I thought it would be a good way to give people tips. And I thought it would be a good way to explain like, you know, what living sober is like for us, you know, as being a recovered alcoholic mind, body, and soul, you know, I feel like my connection to God is phenomenal. I am, 
I don't think I've gone six a day in the last six years without connecting to him, even if it's just for a minute, even if it's smiling and looking up and not even saying anything, just like acknowledging his presence. I think that's a good way to connect to God. Um, and um, for me, it's been truly helpful because the obsession to drink and drug has just been removed completely. Um, when I think about before my, my higher power, uh, when I was just living on self-will, you know, and I was trying to get sober, uh, what worked for me was, um, you know, I would go to meetings. I would um, get there early, uh, volunteer to do coffee. I would do um, try to connect with people and, you know, but I was just having a hard time, man. It's, I just I remember what it was like. It's so weird being on the other side and looking back now. Um, it says, I remember in the book, there's a bunch of different stories. And um, some people say, like, if you have to go to a wedding or a sporting event, you know, have um, have a, a plan, an escape plan. So, like, if you're going with four guys and they're all drinking and you're going insane – you know, have someone there that can have your back and uh, just be able to leave certain situations. Try not to go anywhere that you have no business going to in certain situations. Um, you know, living sober to me today is really having great relationships, not just mediocre relationships where I can call my friends and really engage in activities with them and really find out what's on their heart and what's going on in their lives. And, uh, it's really second to none. Um, I don't know. I've, uh, I, there's two different ways we can think about this, you know, uh, before you have a higher power and then after you have a higher power. So there's two different ways I've lived sober, if you will. What do you guys got? Dennis. Uh, I don't know. Can I just say I'm not sober and then I don't have to share? No, not at work. Okay. That would explain so much. <laughs> it's not true. I am sober. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm bewildered once again. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Living sober to me is is uh, I don't know. Living clear headed in a way, or it's you know, before I got sober, I was you know the old saying like my life was centered in the the getting, the using, and finding ways and means to get more. You know, and like that's my life. So like you know, I'd wake up in the morning hungover and I, you know, smoke some pot or something and go to work, take a drink at work and like, um, you know, the whole day thinking about getting through done with work so I could go drink and then I'd get off work and I'd go drink and then drink and then like all night and then do it again, you know, and that was my life. Um, and today, I don't have to do that. I don't wake up and I don't think about drinking. 
I go through my day and I don't think about drinking. It's not, not only is it not an obsession, it's not even like an invasive thought anymore, which is really cool. Um, I think like what James touched on with like friends and stuff like that, even though I'm an isolator and like, I don't go out that much, like the friends that I do have, they are more on a personal level, you know, like, and like they care about me and I care about them and like truly like interested in it rather than like before where like people were almost a transaction in a way, you know? It's like, uh, you know, what? how much fun am I going to have being around this one person or how much, you know, can I get from this person or something like that? You know, it was more of, a, you know, if we're going to go get drunk or get messed up, then I'll hang out with them. Oh, you just want to like sit around and do nothing? No, I can go out and hang out with these other people. I will get fucked up. You know, that kind of transaction type of stuff. And you know, obviously true friendships don't develop that way. And, and yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of drawing a blank. I don't know. I think there's a lot of peace, you know, when you take away the alcohol and all the obnoxious and dirty shit that like you do to people, you know, you're not, constantly like in shame or feeling guilt or like wondering what you did and stuff so you like there's a peace of mind that comes with that you know that's you know I guess like it's kind of weird for me to say because I don't always have a peace of mind (laughs) with my anxiety and depression and stuff but it's different like there's not the guilt and the shame that was associated with like drinking all the time and the and that kind of stuff um yeah that's what i got what do you got mike awesome thank you dennis uh james the topic absolutely love it i i know i talked about it before uh, in my one of my home groups i when i got sober every saturday they had a living sober meeting where you would read a chapter uh, every Saturday and then go around the room. So you, you do your readings to get started and stuff like that. And that book in particular, there was a first couple um, months of sobriety. I had vacations planned and sometimes I wouldn't want to take the big book with me to do readings. You know, I, I would just want to travel light and I would bring the living sober book. And there were little gems in it that I really appreciated. I used to always carry around um, mints uh, in my pocket of my jacket. And that was a recommendation in the book to always have something. You know, um, uh, you're going to a party, just bring your own drink. Don't put it down. You put it down, you know, you might be risking somebody switching it out. Next thing you know, you're taking a sip of something that, has alcohol in it and then you have the real decision do you take another sip of it or do you put it down and if you never release your drink you never have to worry about that um so just little little tricks as you were saying and in a literal sense of living sober in that book that did help me 
you know, it, it guided me through as I was talking about like the early stages of sobriety of just trying to not pick up a drink or a drug. Uh, when Dennis was talking about the obsession of like the mind of needing to know when you're going to get in your next, you know, drink or drug and what that looked like. I had so much fear. I still remember the amount of fear that I had that I was going to run out of alcohol and feel like I wasn't drunk enough. Um, and it led me to drink and drive more often than not. If I say thought that I, that 12 beers were going to be enough. And then I got to beer number six. I'm like, damn, like I, I don't have enough. And I would very quickly try to run out, grab more before it got dark, you know, um, that's all I was thinking about. That's like, that's it. And the amount of times like an idiot that I would be like, you know what? Uh, maybe I did drink too much, so I'm not going to drive. I'm just going to walk, you know? And there were a couple of my coworkers that were like, you know, they saw me walking and they're like, Hey, what happened to your car? Do you have a flat tire? And because my tolerance was so much, it would sound like I was completely sober but I was wrecked, you know, and they're like, Oh, can we give you, give you a ride? And I'm like, Oh, it's a beautiful day. I'm just going to go. And meanwhile, it's like starting to drizzle out, you know? <laughs> and, and it just, it looked ridiculous, but I was, I was just, I was in such a uh, fog trying to get through life. You know, I would never look at anybody in the eye. Um, it was always to the floor the last couple of years, you know, that's when it really got bad. You know, I'm, I'm usually so outgoing, but it something developed in me that I didn't want. I figured if I can't see your face, you couldn't see mine, you know? And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't make eye contact with people. Um, and if I'm being honest, it's still something now. Some days I get into a situation where I, I forget to look at people in the eye. Like if I'm, uh, going through a checkout of a uh, uh, the grocery store, I won't look at the person in the eye, and I'm like, "What the hell am I doing? Like, why am I doing that?" Michael, how could you? Because I do. You guys do that? Do you guys look at the cashier in the eye? Uh, See, I don't. I like. I've never been one to look people in the eye, and like, I still don't. I think you're I'm I look everyone in the eye. You're in the middle, Mike, and then Dennis is nobody. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> it's I don't know what it is. It drives me nuts. Where where after I'm like, what the hell was that? Um so like it's it's old habits that I'm I'm still trying to break because it went from I think I would look people in the eye sometimes to uh, at least three or four years where I really didn't look anybody unless I was having a conversation with them at like work or a friend or somebody. But if I don't know you, I'm not going to look at you in the eye. And at the time I attributed it to since my career is radio, usually you can't look at somebody in the eye because you're just talking into a microphone, you know? So when I'm talking, even at work, if I'm talking to somebody else, now I'm really good at looking some of the AI and there's a lot of people that don't. So I attributed to that when in reality, 
my uh, sponsor when I got sober was like, do you ever think maybe the reason you don't look people in the eye is because, and I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like that. So like what I just said, that came from, that's what his sponsor said to him because he did the exact same thing. Um, and I think that's really important to make connections in life, you know? Um, and I also, the, the last thing that I want to share is how important it truly is to know that if you live your life, like there's, there's a country country song about how, um, the kids are always watching the adults and watching what they're doing, you know, and as children, a lot of us grew up that around Christmas time, Santa Claus was always watching, right? He was always knowing what you were up to. And I've realized in my connection with my higher power is that wherever I go, my higher power is with me. Right. So I try to live my life that two people are always watching. God, who's always with me, and also there might be somebody that is thinking about getting sober or somebody that is new in sobriety and is watching what I'm doing, how I'm living my life, what I'm saying, my actions, and that determines how they will either come into the program or stay in the program. And, you know, I am, I am not God. But I am an example of what God in your life can bring and some of those promises. And you guys, too, you know, in particular, anyone that is walking the walk and talking the talk and we don't live that selfish, self-centered life like we used to. uh, We owe it. We owe it to the old timers to actually walk through this thing. You know, we're we're like the. you know, the closest thing, whatever it's, a, it's it might be a bad analogy, but it's like soldiers actually there, you know, um, making sure that we're just doing the best we can to, to get through. Um, and I, I'm grateful that I can live sober today. I can go to a place that people are going to be overserved like crazy. I can promise you. And I'm just going to be able to laugh it off and go, thank God. I'm not going to have to worry about something I said or something I did today, tomorrow, and I'm not going to have to make an amends. And, you know, the amount of times I blamed, oh, I'm sorry, like I drank, like that's an excuse. Um, it's just it's just crazy. I'm never going to have to do that again. Nice. Um, yeah. Any, any uh, last words yeah. to wrap up? Dennis, I'm very proud of you for living sober and not going to meetings. <laughs> Do you want to know how to look and or not look someone in the eye and make them think that you are? Just look at their nose and they can't tell the difference. That's right. Did I, Who's, did I teach you that, Dennis? No, I learned that at a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> why, why wouldn't you just look them in the eye then? Their nose is not even pretty. Because when I look at someone in the eyes, I feel weird. I don't know. There's like, I get this sensation. You're looking into Exactly. It's like they can't, they won't want to see my soul. My soul is gross. Yeah. (laughs) We agree. You do have a gross soul. Well, thanks, Mm -hmm. Dennis. I'm kidding. Uh, We'll be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you. 
with episode 209 with an effective character. It's entirely right to have all these character defects removed. Remember, your best days are ahead of you. And we'll see you next time. Woohoo!